You are listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 85. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Well, hello, hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of The Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. Today's episode is Trouble is Opportunity. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. I'm in the middle of a a 24-hour marathon trying to pump out three episodes in one day so I can go on vacation. When you are actually listening to this, well, that is if the day that the the show gets downloaded into your podcast app or or if you listen on the uh, on my website, bestinwealth.com, if you listen that very day, I like to think everybody just likes to listen to that show as, as soon as it gets downloaded. But uh, if you are, I'm going to be in Florida with my family. And I need you to say a little prayer for me. And let me tell you why. Because the last time I was in Florida, a couple of years ago, and I think I had an episode about buying cars uh, less than a month ago, but I mentioned maybe that this brand new van that I bought at the time had about 67, 68,000 miles on it. Well, it took a dump. I had to take it to the car dealership and, and get it fixed. They tried to fix it. It wouldn't fix. Pretty soon they were, they were looking to charge six, seven, eight thousand dollars for for the problem. And wow, it was extremely stressful. But a long story short is we didn't even drive the van home from Florida. I ended up buying a new, well, used vehicle to replace it when I was in Florida because the van had so many issues. So now, of course, we're driving again. Probably because when I did my budget on the trip, The tickets were outrageous in price, plus there was some stops we want to make along the way, back to our old stomping grounds in Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, and so just driving made the most sense, but I'm so worried that the truck, the SUV that I have right now, that the same thing's going to happen when we're in Florida, and I've been stressing about it. But then it just leads me, I just had a thought just occurred to me, is last week, our very first episode on behavior, because we're in a 10-part series right now, and I was talking about obsessing about things that you can't control. So I'm so worried about the truck's going to die when I'm in Florida instead of doing the right things, like making sure that I have a proper oil change and that all the belts are in good condition, whatever that means. Those are the things I could be doing. Instead, I'm going to leave it up to you guys to say those prayers for me as we had or are in when you're listening to this in Florida. So hopefully the truck at least made it. Let's get to the topic of the day. Today's episode, Trouble is Opportunity. We are in 
the middle of a 10-part series, actually episode number or number two of 10. And we're guided by Dr. Daniel Crosby's book, The Laws of Wealth, Psychology and the Secret to Investing Success. Don't you want the secret to investing success? I do. And Daniel, Dr. Daniel Crosby lists 10 laws of wealth within his book. And so we're going to go through this in this season. We're going to go through these 10 rules. And this rule today is trouble is opportunity. And Daniel always starts with a quote inside of each chapter. And the quote today is by Sir John Templeton. The time of maximum pessimism is the best time to buy. And the time of maximum optimism is the best time to sell. And I'm sure this is not the first time that you've heard something like this. Warren Buffett talks about it all the time. When there is a lot of greed in the world, that's the time to sell. When people are fearful about the economy in the market, well, that's the time to buy. We know this. The question is, it's so easy to talk about, but it's almost impossible to actually do especially for those who don't admit that there is a behavior gap and that you're losing money each and every year because of yourself, because of your own behavior, because of your own emotions. But what we did last week, and if you haven't listened, go back to bestandwealth.com slash 84 and listen to the episode. And I found a couple of interesting stories in this chapter to kind of kind of bring this together, to try and think about how our emotions are, so how we can move forward the next time we're in a position like this. And so there was a study done in this book, and people were asked to recall certain events in their life. And depending on what mood they were in presently at the time, depended on the answer that they gave. So if you're in a really good mood and you want to recall an event, you recall the good things. But if we're in a bad mood, we recall the bad things of that event. Isn't that amazing? And the problem is most of the time with the media, they're always talking about bad things. So when we need to recall something about our investments or something, we're always worried. We're always fearful. But if we can really understand and grasp what actually happens in the stock market, we might be able to do something the next time it happens. So let me give you a couple of numbers here. When we have a market correction, a market correction is a 10% drop in the stock market from its high. That is a correction. A bear market, on the other hand, is a 20% drop in the market from its previous high. So we drop 20%, we're in bear market territory. We drop 10%, we're in correction territory. And here's the deal. From 1900 to 2013, we have had 123 stock market corrections, a little bit more than one per year. 
And for bear markets, we average a bear market every three and a half years. Like this is a fact. I usually round up to and say that we have a recession twice a decade. So these are facts. These happen. But every time we get close or are in a correction or a bear market, the media talks about the end of the world. The media talks about the fact that we may never get out of this, that this is something new, that a correction doesn't happen once a year or over once a year, that a recession doesn't happen twice a decade or even more than that. No, we think this is it. Stock market's going to zero. Carl Richards pointed out in Behavior Gap that in October of 2002, that marked the fifth consecutive month that people pulled more money out of the stock market than they put in. It was the first time that that has ever happened. And it was so coincidental because this marked the bottom of the bear market, October of 2002. And what happened in the next five years? The stock market doubled. But what about all those people month in and month out that were pouring money out of the stock market? They didn't just get back in. Because when you get out of the stock market, that's one decision. You have to make the decision to get back in. All of those people lost so much money. Do not say that that will not ever happen to you. Because sometimes, as I pointed out earlier, it depends on the mood that you're in and the behavior that you might act upon. And once again, this is not just for individual investors. Burton Macula in his book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street, he did some studies too. And when you're in an actively managed mutual fund, there's always a cash position. And it's up to the mutual fund manager or team to decide how much cash is actually there. Is it going to be 1%? Is it going to be 5%? What's it going to be? The prospectus might say that we aim to keep a certain amount of cash position. But I found this amazing that when you look at actively managed mutual funds in times of trouble, that's when the average, active, the average active mutual fund has peak cash positions. So these really smart people that are managing your money, well, they are having a very difficult time keeping their emotions in check as well. So what happens to you when the stock market takes a big dip? What about, you know, last year when bricks had happened at the beginning of the year? Money was pouring out day after day. Or what about even Wednesday of this week when the stock market lost a little over a percent, I believe, somewhere around there? How did, how did that make you feel? I'll tell you what, it never feels good. It puts us in a place of vulnerability, like we should do something when really we shouldn't do anything. Because The best time to be in the stock market isn't when the stock market is good and headed to great. That's not when the best returns happen. The best returns are when the stock market goes from terrible to not quite so terrible. That's when the stock market snaps back and those big returns happen. And those are the times when 
the average person either took money out or they're putting less into the stock market. And the older you get, the more susceptible you become to the behavior gap. All right, let's try and illustrate this, though. Burton Macuel also wrote a book called The Elements of Investing. And he said, and before I talk about this, do any of you have teenagers? I guess I technically do because one of my kids is 19. She's just uh, getting out of that range. But I remember her being a teenager, no doubt. What it was like when she started You know, she first became 13, even before that. And honestly, even now, I bet a lot of you listening have teenagers. Well, Burton Mankiel said that investing is like raising teenagers. And here's why. Because hopefully, and most of us, our teenagers turn out to be fine adults. I look at Chloe right now, almost 20 years old. She's making great decisions. She's turning out to be a fine adult. I bet some of you listening have kids in their 20s and 30s. They've become fine adults. I know, not all of them, but most of them have become fine adults. But I bet you can recall Many, many, many instances when your teenager created or was in all kinds of drama. I mean, dramatic ups and dramatic downs. This person doesn't like me. My boyfriend broke up with me. This is the best day of life. This is the worst day of my life. I love myself, I hate myself. All the emotions. I bet you can even remember when you were a teenager and how hard that was. Going through middle school and high school and the judging or perceived judging and the clicks and all the things that happen. All of these ups and downs. But your teenagers, they became fine adults. So what's the lesson The lesson, if you're in the middle of this teenage war right now because you have teenagers, or if you have kids and they're going to be teenagers soon, is to not focus on the day-to-day, but focus on the long-term, that they will become fine adults. That is exactly what we need to do to become great investors. Do not focus on the day-to-day. Do not focus on the month-to-month. In fact, do not focus on the year-to-year. You cannot control what happens in the stock market. Just know that if you are at your right risk level and you're controlling the things you can control, you cannot control the stock market, that you will have a successful investing experience. If you focus too much on the day-to-day, the behavior gap will become wide. And the behavior gap is the percent average return you ought to earn given your risk level and the percent of the average return that you do earn. And your behavior gap might be 1%. It might be 3%. It might be 7%. 
But the more we focus on the long term, the shorter and smaller that behavior gap will be until we can shrink it to not exist at all. Did you ever wonder why you can't tickle your arm? Why can't you? Why when you try and tickle your arm, it doesn't tickle? But when my wife goes and tickles my arm, tickles like crazy. I'm so ticklish. Well, the reason is because of your mind. Before you tickle your own self, your mind is saying, hey, I ought to tickle myself. And by the time you do, you know it's coming. And when you know it's coming, the effect is completely muted. So, you can't tickle yourself. But when my wife tickles me by surprise, wow, I get real tickly. Is that a word, tickly? I'm not sure. See how weird I'm getting since I'm trying to get all these episodes in in one day? But I'm telling you, it's the same with your long-term investing. If you know these things are coming, these market corrections, 123 since 1990. If we know that we have recessions every three and a half years, if we know we have a correction more than once per year, guess what? The effect is muted. All right, we won't be tickled. We won't be scared because we know that they're coming. And when we know that they're coming, well, that's when we can start setting up a process so we can excel and be greedy when everybody's fearful because that's the way the smart investors work. I hope this helped you guys. I hope that you're starting to latch on that our behavior means everything in investing. Hey, hang on. We have eight more rules to go. All right, we are in a season and I will see you guys on the flip side. Have a good week. Be good. Later. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.